Hey guys, welcome back to the JAR Podcast. If you hear baseball noises in the background, please excuse the noise. My son is currently warming up for a game and there are children everywhere. I'm just praying that my car does not get hit by a flying ball. (laughs) Today our topic is a little bit heavier though and I have to admit that I've been hesitant to record it and and I'm recording it on a Friday afternoon because I procrastinated because it's just a heavy topic and I want to do it well. I want to make sure that I'm honoring God in all that I say and all the points that I make. And so I'm just going to say a a prayer real quick and then we're going to jump to it. Heavenly Father, I pray over this message. I pray that the words I speak are from you, that they come straight from your mouth through mine to those that are listening. And I pray for clarity. I pray for understanding And most of all, I pray for a sense of hope to be ignited inside of each and every woman that is listening or man that's listening. I pray for your Holy Spirit to just fill them up with renewed sense of hope that things that you have started, you are faithful to complete. If we abide in you, if we are walking with you, and that we can get through even difficult times with grace. And I pray all of this in your name. Amen. All right, go grab your coffee and get ready, because here we go. This isn't a game of ding-dong ditch, and don't worry, I'm not a solar panel salesman. I'm just here to see you, friend. Whether you have spit-up stains and cluttered counters, or you're still in your heels from work and just getting dinner started, take a minute and come sit with me. Welcome to the JAR Podcast with your host, Lydia. Certified teacher, homeschool boy mom, oh Lord help me, and marriage ministry leader, bringing you tough lessons from my own journey to soul health and wholeness. Together each week, we'll discuss our struggles, pain, and shame. We'll combat labels and lies with biblical truth, and we'll work through our mess and come out stronger, more confident, and rooted in our identity in Christ. So move your pile of laundry over. Better yet, let me help you fold it while we talk. Thanks for letting me in. Now let's get real. So this topic that I feel called to talk about is a little bit of a pain point in my past. Also something that can be pretty sensitive for some listeners. And so I want to just kind of, I guess, give you that disclaimer or give you that warning. It may not even be for everyone, but if you're not in this position, I just, strongly recommend that you keep listening because at some point either you might walk through something like this or you might know someone who's walking through this and you might be able to offer either this episode to them or something that will give them some hope. So we're going to be talking about separation and how to handle that well, how to handle it with grace, how to get through the really, some really tough moments and keep our sanity, how to be resilient mentally, emotionally, spiritually, how we can even go through some of those times of being separated from our spouse, especially if we have kids, going through that with almost a renewed sense of strength. And I know it might sound strange, and it doesn't mean that we go through it the entire time feeling super strong and courageous and powerful, but Today's message, I want to kind of first take you back to a point in my life and then give you some things along the way that helped me and sort of an 
another disclaimer. I'm, I'm not going to be sharing a message with you from the perspective of a counselor or a therapist, and I strongly advise that if that's what's necessary for you or your spouse or even together to do, then reach out. There's some great resources um, at Focus on the Family. I used a lot of their articles to read and even their podcast to kind of dive further into understanding how to get through something like this. I went and saw a counselor of my own for about six months during my separation. That really helped me to dive into our separate issues and what caused certain things um, in our marriage and how to handle this whole long distance everything. So if since every single marriage and, and separation, um, potential divorce is different from another, Sure, there's, there's commonalities, but I'm not going to sit here and say that I have the answers that everybody needs. I just know my story, and I just know what God did in my life. And if he's done it for me, I know he will do it for you. And that doesn't mean your outcome would be the exact same as mine. That doesn't mean that the end of your story is going to be like mine. But I can tell you what helped me walk through that really, really difficult time. You know, it's kind of like any other dark time in someone's life, whether it's um, losing a child, miscarriage, divorce, separation, um, losing a job, just sort of anything like that. The more that people start to share their testimonies, the more others will hear the hope and find that hope through you and your story. So I just feel called to be obedient, to share about mine. And I will be sparing you some details just for the privacy of my own marriage, my children. But in general, just some of the the background story is that my children were young. They were four and one, I believe, four and a half and one. And my husband and I separated, and it was pretty traumatic. It was under really, really just horrible circumstances, and we separated. And I had the kids with me for the majority of the time, and there were divorce papers that were filed, and we each had our own attorneys that we met with separately. And we, we sort of started that process about three months into our separation. And from about that third month, so that was about June, to November, so what's that, five months? So for about five more months, we went through meetings with our attorneys. Um, we were over 100 miles apart. And where we live, if you're over 100 miles apart, um, there's just certain rules in divorce papers as far as custody and all of that. We didn't have to follow certain custody rules because papers weren't finalized, but we started to sort of practice and get a feel for it. And so we chose random places, um, a restaurant to drop the kids off with each other um, about halfway between our homes to kind of make it easier on each other. However, it did not make it emotionally easier. I remember dropping the kids off with him and our relationship being very strained and very just difficult, either conversations or absolutely no conversation at all, and trying to sort of keep a happy face for the kids and not let them hear certain parts of conversations, not let them really pick up on 
you know, whatever tumultuous issues we were talking about, and, you know, that's really difficult to do because we wanted to keep their happiness in mind, but kids are kids, and they're very, very perceptive, and so, of course, they just picked up on overall atmosphere of a, of a conversation, and so he would end up leaving with them, and I would stay in the parking lot and cry just in my car for who knows how long, bawling my eyes out and wishing that this were not something that I was going through. Whether it's something that was done by you and, and it's because of something that you did that caused the separation, therefore you're also dealing with guilt and shame on top of separation, whether it's the other party's fault and or their act that initially was the catalyst to separation, whoever is quote-unquote at fault, the marriage itself and the things that led up to it are just a whole nother story in and of itself. And so we're not going to dive into that today, but what I do want to talk about is how, how did I get through separation? How did I get through that? What were some of the things that I clung to that I did that helped me understand or to grow along the way? Okay, so you might hear a difference in the sound now. I am no longer at my son's baseball game. They lost. Bummer. But I am back home and finishing this up. So the things that got me through my separation and helped me to go through it with grace as much as possible were the three C's, community, confidence in God, and commitment to praying for my marriage or my spouse. So the first C, community, is something I talk about a lot on this podcast, and it's something that I didn't know how to do well before our separation. Isolation is feeding grounds for the enemy to to get a hold of you in your thoughts and to work against you mentally, spiritually, emotionally. He gets in there and drives wedges between you and your husband and nobody even knows about it. No one's there to observe it, to call you out on it, to help you work through stuff. And when we were separated, I found out who I may have considered to be my community were no longer there. And in fact, there were friends that drove down to come see me who loved me anyway, who met up for coffee with me, to pour into me, to pray over me, to love me through this journey. And I got to witness the beauty of compassion through Christ's people. He showed me love in a very, very tangible way that I so needed in such a dark time. And so do you if you're in that place. You need the hands and feet of Jesus. You need friends. You need a community of people who are going to love you during this time. They're going to help keep you on track. They're going to help nurture you when you're down. They're not going to be the ones kicking you when you're down and insulting you when you're at your lowest of lows. They're the ones that are going to bolster you to do the right thing, even when you feel like giving up and What's the point? All of this has gone to crap. I might as well just blank. Whatever. Sometimes it's tempting to just give up or to find comfort in some other way. But when you have a community around you that loves 
Jesus Christ. They're going to help steer you and help love on you in this dark time. The second C is confidence in God. Not in a spouse and not in the desired outcome of reconciliation or maybe your desired outcome is divorce. If God's will is reconciliation and he's leading you towards that, having confidence in his plan of how he's going to restore something needs to be the focus, not on um, the spouse that you want to reconcile with, not looking to him or to her to fix things or to make it right or to change your circumstances. Maybe if you're like me, I was in the place of just longing for him to wake up and, and, and to want the same thing as me and to want to work on it. But even putting my focus too much on that took my attention off of God and the confidence that I needed to have in not even just what he was doing in these circumstances, but who he is as my Lord, as God of the universe, as Lord over the entire situation. I had to write out scripture that spoke about his character about God's character that affected my relationship with my husband. For instance, the scripture that talks about um, God, that he will never leave you nor forsake you. When I felt forsaken or abandoned, I had to rely on the character of God and have confidence in who he is. And I had to dwell on those truths of he is faithful to complete every good work that he was working everything out for my good, whatever that good looked like as far as circumstances. I had no idea, but I had to shift my focus away from the circumstances that I wanted, the outcome that I wanted that I thought was best for my family, which did end up being reconciliation, praise the Lord, but I couldn't focus on that. I couldn't rely on someone who was failing me and how I was failing him I needed to look to God alone. And, you know, that, that picture of, of Peter being called out on the water to walk towards Jesus, we all know that story. When he took his eyes off of Jesus he, and, and looked at the waves around him, he became overwhelmed and started to drown. And he then had to cry out and look to Jesus for help. So it's a matter of letting go of our own strengths, our own desires to fix things, our own right and wrong. Really, just turning your focus onto the character of God himself and trusting in who he is. Reading scriptures, being in the word, quoting verses about him, and then worshiping him. I can't tell you how vital worship was in this journey for me. I worshiped over my children when they were going to bed. I would sing certain songs just over and over and over again, well past the time that they finally fell asleep. One of the ones that um, is near and dear to my heart because I heard it during that time and I just, it just struck a chord with me, was King of My Heart by Sarah McMillan. The way that she sings it, it just focusing on the line of, you are good, you are good, you're never going to let me down, you are good. Just 
repeating those phrases and singing them over my children when they didn't even under, fully understand the dynamic of what was going on. I was worshiping over their spirits of and just asking God to pour into their spirits as they were sleeping, that he would fill in the gaps of our mistakes, that he would heal any wounds that the boys were feeling. Um, whether or not they recognized what it was or what was going on, they sure felt it. And this worship, this confidence in who God was as a good father was what helped get me through with an extra dose of confidence. And I would turn to worship also when, you know, I was taking those drives to to share the boys with my husband or on the way back. I struggled to sleep a lot and I would turn to Hillsong United songs like Even When It Hurts or Prince of Peace and I would just, you know, it's one in the morning and I can't sleep. I use my phone, I go to my Apple Music and I just play the songs and just listen on repeat and picturing the Prince of Peace just washing over me and those ways of gaining confidence in who he was was a matter of discipline of turning to him. It was a matter of paying attention to things that he was pointing out to me and, and reminding me of and that built my confidence and my trust in him regardless of what my trust level or my confidence was in the state of my marriage or in um, my husband himself. So the third C and the final thing that really kind of encompasses what helped me walk through this dark time is a commitment to prayer, to praying for my marriage, to praying for my children, to praying for my husband, to praying over just the entire situation. And I've said this on another po um, podcast episode. I don't remember which one it was, and maybe you've already listened to it. But if not, I'm gonna re I'm gonna tell it again anyway. There was a moment where it was close to 2:30 in the morning. I couldn't sleep. I was praying over my husband, and I was just praying. Um, I, I remember in the other episode, I said it was Elijah, and it's Ezekiel. He was praying or he was calling the dry bones to life at this valley of just dry, dead bones. And they end up becoming this army that rises up. And so I just prayed that over my husband that these dry bones that were essentially on the valley floor, our marriage just shattered in pieces and dead, that it would be revived, that God would breathe new life into it, that he would wake my husband up and not let him sleep and just stir in him. And I kid you not, the very second that I prayed that, my phone notification went off and it was my husband texting me saying, I can't sleep. And I'm just like, wow. God likes to speak through me through numbers and dates and times. And it was no coincidence that as soon as I finished praying, that the Lord would stir in him and prevent him from sleeping, he texts me he can't sleep. God was right there with me. And he was showing me how much he cared about me in the middle of the night, by myself, in the middle of my loneliness and desperation. And he is the same for you too. So another way that I committed to praying was to pray scripture, kind of like that story, praying scripture over my children, 
praying scripture over my marriage, praying scripture over my husband himself in all the different detailed uh, ways. I prayed for his mind, his thoughts, his heart, his forgiveness, just all of it. And for my own, I prayed for my own um, understanding, my own need for humility, my, my own lack of ability to fix anything. And how I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Just all of the verses that point to it being from God and not from myself. Because I'm a natural fix-it person and I think I have all the right answers. And this was just a whole new level of inability for me. And you know, if God tells us to pray for our enemies, then in the middle of a separation, it feels like your spouse is your enemy. If he calls us to pray for our enemies, how much more should we be called to and obedient to pray for our spouses and for our marriage? When maybe we're tempted to scoff and distance ourselves from them and say, whatever, I'm going to move on, I'm going to move forward. But to honestly pray over this person that we said yes to, that we said I do to, that we committed time and energy and poured into earlier in the marriage before any separation, how much more important is it to pray for that person now in the middle of this dark time? That takes a level of confidence in God because if you're not even confident in who God is, why would you pray for somebody else? In the middle of your pain, pray for somebody else in their pain. You have to come to a a point in your own healing journey after you have been surrounded by a community of believers and, and gained confidence in who God is to be able to have the strength and the ability to pray for someone that is hurting you. And the last point here is to pray for God's will. It's so, so, so tempting to pray for a certain outcome. And maybe other people that you've listened to do say, pray in confidence and pray for this and just believe it into existence. Um, But my personal opinion is God is not a slot machine. He's not a genie in a bottle. He He is God of the universe. And so praying for God's will to be done, whatever the outcome is, takes a deeper understanding of who he is for one and the desire that he has for our ultimate relationship with him, our vertical relationship with him, your spouse's vertical relationship with him. That is more important to God than any marital status or outcome. And so praying for God's will to be done, in my mind, usually means reconciliation but I'm not God and he has other plans and he can redeem and restore anything even if it's a different outcome each of you are going to make mistakes as you attempt to navigate this this painful time and to communicate with each other and to make decisions and to work on your own individual healing and your healing together The ultimate goal is to strengthen your relationship with God first. Picture a a triangle and your 
on one of the bottom corners and your spouse is on the other. And as you heal that relationship with the Lord first, you naturally start to rise up the sides of the triangle to the top point, which is God and being in right standing and good relationship with him. You're naturally just drawn closer together as you look to him first. So finally, surrender is the key. You know, I like to fix. I like to control. I'm naturally bent on trying to just step in and and think that I can come in and fix everything. But at that time, I had never been more desperate. I kept a pillow on my floor um, next to the bed because in the middle of the night or as, as soon as I woke up or before I went to bed, I would just roll out of bed onto my knees and pray. I was so desperate and crying out to God constantly. And he showed me how close he was in those moments like I shared and how loving he is. In such a dark and difficult time, it's like he scooped me up and was holding me. So many times I would just sit there and cry in his presence, fully incapable. Me, Miss Fix-It, Miss Independent, I've got it all handled and in control. All I could do was essentially sit in his lap and let him hold me as I fully surrendered the outcome, the process, the journey, every part of it. And it's that that allowed me to handle conversations with my husband with grace, with humility, with patience. Not that I did it perfectly, but it was supernatural strength. I I look back and I don't know how I was able to handle some of that, but it allowed me to view my husband as a as this separate individual that the Lord loved and was disciplining and working on and loving and drawing closer to him just as he was doing with me and he didn't need my help with the deep work that I did helped for either outcome whether we were going to reconcile and be together or not I literally remember um, sort of a final prayer before we reconciled that okay if 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 I get divorced and I'm a single mom okay if we reconcile and, and, and work on this okay whatever you want God I trust you and I know and have confidence in you and who you are that no matter what happens that doesn't change the state of who you are that doesn't change your character you are unchanging you are the same today as you were yesterday and you will be the same and I can rely on that whatever my circumstances look like and I was I was whole regardless of my marital status and you can be too. If you need more on this topic, take a listen to episode four, I believe, with one of my guests on the show and hear hear her view as a potter. She makes pottery. Hear her talk about healing and wholeness that can take place in our hearts as we are in the hands of the potter himself. I pray that this encouraged you today, that it blessed you, that it gave you some hope And if you're going through a really difficult season, um, or if your marriage is super duper right now, (laughs) I would love for you to come over to our Christian Wife and Marriage community on Facebook, where we dive deeper and have more discussions on topics like this, and you'll find inspiration, encouragement. So go to bit.ly forward slash Christian Wife and Marriage Community. Or just click on the link in the show notes. It's a lot easier. And I'll see you in there. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse 15. 
All this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. I'll see you next Saturday, same time, same place.